you will talk to me about mind-altering effects in games. Yes, sir. Hmm. I like the sound of that. <laughs> Cue music. And welcome to another episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm your host who sometimes forgets to say his name during the intro, Phil. And I am your other host who sometimes can't get to the intro, Senda. And Woo, wait, till you, <laughs> wait till people listen to this in non-linear podcast time. <laughs> that, that is what we call a rodeo opening. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, tonight's topic comes to us from our forums where GM Gerrymander asked, I've read slash played a lot of games where a situation comes up involving the player no longer having complete control of their character, whether through madness, Call of Cthulhu, Savage Horror, GURPS Horror, etc., possession by a benign or or malevolent entity, or simple mind control, Professor X and the Jedi do not understand consent and privacy. All of these things can involve players, quote, losing control of their characters in one degree or another. Obviously, with great role players, it's easy to just pass them a note telling them what is happening and let them run with it. But what about situations where you don't know the players as well or have a player who can't play counter to their character's interests? So mind control. Uh, yeah. Well, (laughs) this is a tricky topic. Um, But I thought it'd be good to cover because it actually shows up in what I would consider far too many games. Yeah, a lot. Yes. So... We're going to try to address Jerry's uh, last question about how to help people role play these effects. Uh, but we're going to take we're going to take the long route to get to that and talk about why mind altering effects are so problematic, because to be truthful, I'm not a fan. Right. Or, or we're going to at least touch on some of why they're so problematic, because I don't know if we could truly jam no. every detail of that into a show of this. Length. Not since it took us 20 minutes to do the opening. Oh, man. <laughs> So, so without a doubt, um, I'm not a fan, and I don't think you are either, right? Like, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, both from a like a, just a problematic perspective and from a fun perspective. So, correct. but let's jump right into this, um, which means that the first thing we should do is get a definition from our definition panda. Yeah. So let's foreshadow. Let's foreshadow some, some the, of the issues. <laughs> let's foreshadow some of the issues by by way of definition. And our first definition is the word agency. Mm -hmm. Um, This is the amount of control that a player has over their character within the game. Right. So this is like what narrative control the player has to define what their character does (laughs) or does not. Right. Like, yeah. First first problem. problem. Uh, The next (laughs) word we're going to define is consent. Uh Uh-huh. The permission for something to happen or agreement to do something. Yeah, I hope we are pretty clear on this topic on this show, um, if you've been listening to us at all. Uh, But if this is the first episode you're hearing, or if you are in any way confused on our stance on this, consent is good everywhere, all the time, for everything. Period. Period. There's (laughs) not a situation in which consent is a bad thing. Correct. Which now, built on the foundation of those two words... Mind-altering effects. Uh, These are effects that can come from magic, psionics, or advanced technology that cause a character to act in a way that is counter to how the player, or in this case, how the player would control the character or how the the character would act on their own. 
Right. So the agency of the character in these situations is often transferred to the GM, who then makes decisions for the character. And this effect can be short or long, depending on the mechanics that have made it happen. Right. I feel like I feel like already based on the definitions you see, I, like you can see yeah, where I, we're I feel going like, here. Feel like the shape of this conversation <laughs> is laid out in the sand ahead of us. Yeah. So in most games, players have nearly total agency over their characters. Right. They're really only constrained by the mechanical elements of their character. That is what's on their character sheet and the boundaries of the narrative they're in, like basically what's happening in the game. Yeah, so a player who doesn't have some means of flying, some power of flight, can't be like, ooh, I'm just going to fly away from this, you know, because you can't fly because right. that's not part of what, that Mechanically, it's not on your sheet. It's not there. Right. Yeah. yeah. And likewise, a player that has, for example, been taken prisoner can't suddenly just say, um, nope, I'm just going to walk away from this situation. Or actually, your handcuffs are broken, right? Right. This, this rope had a fray in it already. Right now, to be clear, there are games that have mechanisms that allow players to do that. Right. But most times you have to engage a mechanism yeah, like, of there's some usually, sort. Like a, a mechanic or an economy in which you're paying to have like, wow, there's a, a fray in this rope. That's cool. Now I'm going to work at it. And it's something I'm going yep. to have a scene Absolutely. about. Not just like the GM's like, ooh, they got you and tied you up. And you're like, oh, no, they didn't. Right. <laughs> exactly. Okay, good. We're on the same page on that. Right? Yeah. So inside those two broad boundaries, right, of what, what what's on the character sheet and what's taking place in the story, the rest of what a character does is basically up to the player. Yeah, so they get to decide where to go, who they're going to trust, who they're going to attack, if they're going to show mercy conversations, all of that kind of stuff. Emotions, right? Mm -hmm. So all of those things start to come apart when we talk about mind-altering effects because these effects remove the player's agency and give it to the GM instead of the player, which can be really jarring, right? Mm -hmm. It's I, Has this happened to you in a game? It's definitely happened to me in a game. Oh, it happened to me pretty prismatic, recently in a game. Prismatic spray. Right, like I'm just like, Bleh. So suddenly the player, who has nearly total control for their character near total agency, right, has just suddenly lost it. Uh, yeah. So depending on how it came about, it can be very sudden in a game, right? So um, like a wizard's charm spell, right? Like, you know, mm -hmm. you're suddenly you come upon like some NPC, bam, they cast charm. What the hell's going on? Right? Or confusion. Or confusion, prismatic spray, Personal whatever. experience or anything. Exactly. <laughs> um, other games, it, it may not be sudden at all, right? So sanity and Call of Cthulhu or something like that. Like that may be a thing that like you've known all along is going to happen. But the sudden ones can like, you know, in a game that's not really about mind altering effects, like all of a sudden have one pop up out of nowhere can be yeah. very sudden. Yeah. Depending on when it comes about in the game, it can be really um, stressful not in a good way stressful, but in a bad way stressful. Like, what if we're in the set piece encounter of the climactic battle and suddenly the GM takes control of your character, right? Like, I mean, one, let alone they just took control of your character, but two, now you don't have a character to play in the middle of the climactic battle, right? Yeah. That's not fun. No. Um, and then, depending on the outcome of what actions the GM decides, like, it may be very regrettable after the effect is done, like, if the GM used your character to attack and then kill a fellow party member. Right. Or even if they threw you into a bunch of mayhem and now your character's dead. Yes. Like, right? walk like, off that cliff. 
Yeah, like, right. blah. Um, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, you know, I think we can say pretty easily that in most cases, players do not like the feeling of losing agency over their character. Somewhere out there, we're going to get a tweet that's like, actually, I love actually, losing the agency of my character. Actually. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Well, well actually, <laughs> so it's the only part of the game that they actually have agency over, right? As opposed to the GM who has agency over the whole rest of the world. The players just have their character. And then also, depending on what is done when they lose that agency, it can actually undo things that the player or the character or both, right, were trying to achieve in the game. And then that can actually just, I mean, honestly, that's the kind of thing that can break people's emotional investment in the game. I mean, absolutely. Like, imagine... Imagine that, like, you've been tracking down, like, big bad guy, you know, Baron Von Badass. You get him cornered, and all of a sudden, like, he, like, hits you with, like, a charm spell and makes you, like, walk out of the room while he leaves. Or makes you help him pack, right, while he leaves. Like, you would be so deflated. Or even in, even in simpler terms, if you are searching for some object and you can attach specific emotional significance to it. So I need this orb to save my sister. Cool. You finally find the orb. There's a confusion trap in the room. You automatically attack and you crush the orb. Yeah. Oh, like, oh God, now what? No. Okay. So definitely, definitely can cause, cause some ill feelings on the player side. Yeah. I mean, if you if I've been playing this character for six months and this has been my goal the whole time and then you make me destroy my goal. I'm a monster. I'm I'm be pissed. You're like that. Am I the asshole guy who made the girl with the knee surgery climb nine flights of stairs? That guy was. Yes. You can do that. It's in the rules. And also, fuck you. All right, so we just looked at that from the GM doing that to the player. But let's talk about the other side of the coin, right? Which is when players do this to NPCs. Now, agency isn't a big problem. uh, Because if you use one of these mind-altering powers on an NPC, the GM still has tons of agency in the game, right? Like, they, they still have the rest of the world, all the other NPCs and stuff. So you're not causing an agency issue for the GM. Now, you could be causing an inconvenience because you could catch the GM off guard. Like, charming the correct minion might allow them to, like, the players to short uh, shortcut their way through most of the adventure, right? The, like a well-placed minion or something. And that is just a prep problem, right? And then the ability to deal with that on the fly, right? Like, that's not really... These aren't, those aren't real problems, right? They can be an annoyance for a GM, but it's not a real problem. The real problem that we get into from the player side is that using mind control abilities on NPCs starts to bring up consent issues, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, um, it, still if, has, if, it still has consent. Right, because, because when you use mind-altering abilities on an NPC, and yes, an NPC is a fictionalized character you are violating that NPC's consent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if you're Obi-Wan Kenobi and you're, you know, these are not your droids you're looking for, right? Like, that's, like, there's no absolutes on this, right? So when when Obi-Wan does it in Star Wars, like, we're all like, ooh, cool power, right? Yeah. Um, no problem. Like, we all look at that one and we're like, yep, you know, he just a little mind-altering thing to let them pass. It, it's still a consent violation, right? Totally, mm-hmm. like made you know, like totally revoked the consent of this uh, of the other character. 
But if we look on the other end of this continuum and we start talking about like the domination power in Vampire the Masquerade, the original one, like the V20 game, uh, and, and using it to dominate NPCs so you can drink from them. Like now we're like, now we're in a very different, we're in a very different discussion place, right? Like, and, and the thing about this is that while some people might not be squicked out about that, there are people who in their lives have had their consent violated and may have some amount of, of trauma surrounding that. And so you can't just be casual about PCs using mind-altering powers on NPCs because without the proper kind of setup and the things we're going to talk about for the rest of this episode, because you could be, you could be walking into, you could be walking someone at the table into that reliving that situation. Right. Yeah. Which is gross. Yeah. So there's, so, so, you know, I didn't want to just have this episode be like, well, when GMs do this to players, it's shitty. Like the truth is when players do this to NPCs, it can also be shitty. Yeah. And so the things that we're going to talk about shortly are kind of the things that were like need to be covered no matter which way these powers get used. Yeah. And all of this is basically to say that mind altering effects are tricky um, and require a bit of extra handling for them to work well and safely in a game if you are going to use them at all. But since this is specifically about the scenario in which you might use them, um, we're going to talk a bit more about the two main issues for players. So I'm going to talk about consent. And I'll talk about agency. So for these kinds of effects to work well, the first thing that you need is to establish consent. And and there's layers to that, right? Mm. The first layer is you need to be talking about it in your session zero in a campaign or while you're introducing the game for a one-shot or hopefully if it's something you expect to play like a big role or something in a one-shot, hopefully you set it in the description if this is a convention game, right? Yep, um, absolutely. We've talked about this before. Right? Yeah, yeah, we have. Like, give people good expectations. So you need to let people know that this is an element in the game and how likely it is that it could happen. Right. So, for instance, if we're playing Call of Cthulhu, right, sanity rules are just a part of the game, right? Like, that. that's, like, right in the game. And, in fact, it's not even just part of the game. It's kind of a thing about the game that people that have never played Call of Cthulhu know about. Yeah, yeah. So... Now, that's very different from something like if we're playing D&D and there's like a creature with mind control powers somewhere in the dungeon, right? Those are two very different things. One is a game that has an expectation for this to happen. Yeah. And the other one is a game where it's reasonable that it might never happen. Right. Okay. So what you're doing by doing this is giving people the chance to opt out of the game or to remove the content if it's something that's like a tiny piece of that, right? Before you get into it. Yeah. So like, again, eesh. again, if we're playing, if we're, if we're going to play a D&D game, even if we're playing a D&D module and somebody's like, look, I'm really like not cool with mind control stuff. Like it, it really wigs me out or something. And you have to change like one encounter. No big deal. Yeah. Just change right? it. Like you can, you can make, you can make that change even on the fly at the table, right? You could be like, like, cool. I'm just going to put an ogre in this room, right? Whatever. Now, on the other hand, trying to take sanity out of Call of Cthulhu is like a way heavier lift, and it may just be better to go play something else, right? This may be one of those times where, as a player, you just need to recognize that, like, if I have a lot of issues about either mind control abilities 
agency and things like that, Call of Cthulhu might not be the best game for you to play. Right. Yeah. I mean, there was actually, this is a total side story, but like Cthulhu and Friends is a pretty cool podcast. It's really well produced and stuff. I actually noped out several seasons ago when a mind altering effect occurred where the GM took over one of the players as they hit a level of insanity um, that caused them to do some things that I was like, welp. And I'm out. Like I uh, am. Yeah. I am not even playing this game, and I am no longer okay with this content. Count me out. I'm good. Haven't I, listened to any more of it. <laughs> yeah, and and I mean that's the thing. Like so, for games where it's so ingrained into the part of the game, it, it's hard to ask someone like, "Well, can we play Call of Cthulhu?" But can you remove the sanity rules? Like, mm, right. You should probably just not play Call of Cthulhu, right? right? Like, and there are other games that deal with these kinds of themes and. Um, avoid sanity and things like that so yeah um, you should just do that yeah so anyway with the initial consent the second layer is that you can build into lines and veils or something like it right have some tools to give yourself some boundaries so that everybody can consent to the boundaries for this content if you have any questions about that listen to our last episode (laughs) yeah so let's say that we're all okay with some level of mind control or insanity or whatever in the game, right? Like, let's just assume that we got past that part. We may re- very reasonably put a line in the game that is like, well, if you take o- like GM, if you take over like my character, I don't want it having sex with anyone right. that like, like that you pick. No, no mind controlled sex. Yeah. Like that's, that's a totally a valid line. Right. Yeah. Right. Please um, no. <laughs> yeah, like you may have no problem if like they drop their weapon, run away, even maybe up to the point of attacking another character or something like that. But like it's okay to be like, I'm okay with some parts of this mind control, but not, not other parts. All, like it was yeah. really right. Like just consenting to mind control does not open the door. Like it does not mean that you open the door for the GM to do whatever they want. Right. Okay. Which is which is where I noped out of Cthulhu yeah. and Friends, which is Absolutely. sad. I was listening to it really religiously, and then I was like, woof, can't. Yeah, but so anyway, the third layer is sort of the third part of that safety trifecta, which is having a consent revoking tool in the game. And that most typically is an X card, but, you know, there are many options. Please use one, right? And I know, so not everybody likes X cards and not everybody likes, you know, each of them. So use one that you like, but use one, Right. Um, because you need to be able to revoke consent if something comes up that is not okay. So, yeah, it's important. So the the key thing here is that while the player may lose agency over their character, you have to still have a tool that gives the player agency at the table. And that yes. is so unbelievably key because there is a huge, there has to be a difference between me losing agency of my character and me losing agency in the game completely, right? Because that's, that's kind of two different propositions and one feels a lot worse than the other, right? Yeah, So anyway, it is possible that you may think, listening to us, that Lines and Veils and the X card are nerfing mind-altering powers. And let's be completely honest, they kind of are, because in real life, this kind of mind control would be, like, horrible. I'm sorry, hella problematic is actually what I wrote in capital letters. Um, So, like, we don't actually want that in real life, Right? Like, that would be awful. <laughs> and so the the key is having boundaries and goals of using these powers not 
to traumatize your players or make them miserable or pissed off or hate your game, um, but to be able to use them to raise the stakes or tension in an encounter, right? So like, this is always, always true, right? Like, don't traumatize your players. But yeah. like, mind control is one way you could really do that. So like, don't. <laughs> Yeah, and, and to be clear, even if you as a person have never had an incident where you've ever lost consent, you know, like if you've never had like an issue like that in your life, you can still get really upset if someone takes agency of your character. Oh, heck like, yeah. I mean, you could just, from a from a strict, like the GM takes agency of your character and gets it killed, like you just be legitimately pissed off. Right, well, there's still a consent issue there because you didn't consent oh, to the actions that the GM took when they took 100%. agency of your character, right? Like, 100, 100, well, even if you consented, right? Like, well, you didn't consent done, to your character getting killed. Correct. So, right? yeah. So it is like, you know, so I we do we talk about this in terms of uh, safety models, like in order to protect people who've had past incidents. But I, I'm just saying that in addition to that. A person who's never had a past incident can get really pissed off about this being hand, like this ability being used the wrong way. Yeah, frankly, this is also just pr about protecting your table and your game, and the fact that you like these people, right? Don't you uh, like playing with those these people? Don't you want to play with them again? Wouldn't you like them to come to your game? <laughs> Wouldn't again? you like them to come back? Yes. Okay. Cool. Anyway, let's talk about agency. Right. So mind-altering <laughs> effects can be more subtle than just the GM telling you what happens, right? Like the GM telling you what happens is literally the most heavy-handed way that this mechanic is exercised, right? Like, all right, well, you're charmed. The GM is going to tell you what, what happens to you next, right? Yep. It's completely heavy-handed. And maybe as a GM, you're not actually comfortable with that. Or maybe you want to be able to take some ownership of that, but also not complete ownership. Because I know as a GM, like I would not want to, I would not want to completely take over a character and just tell it what to like, tell the person what happened to their character and then like, you know, then be pissed. If there was a way that we could collaborate yeah. on how to make the effect work, but yeah. not piss off the player right and so one of the ways there are a couple ways we can do that yeah you can ask the player for input Ooh, it's like asking for consent almost well it, in a way it is right yeah. because so rather than just dictating an action i could say to you like here's what i need to happen in the game and let you as the player who knows the character the best like figure out what to do so for instance so let's say I'm Baron Von Badass and I've charmed you and the rest of the party busts into the room. Mm -hmm. If I'm heavy handing this, I could just be like, cool, send your character attacks the party. Yeah. Right? Arg. Grr. Right. And Inside. maybe you're like the tank and you just murdered somebody like in yeah. the first role you murdered. Right? There goes the wizard. Right. <laughs> so now instead of that, right, I can still achieve this because the, all all Baron Von Badass need, wants to do is get out of the room, right? Yeah. So when I sent you to attack your friends, it was to basically create a diversion so I could get out. So I could instead, I could look at you and be like, all right, cool, Senda, listen, you're charmed. Um, I need you to keep the rest of the party from hurting me while I run out of the room, right? So I'm saying this player to GM to player, right? Yeah. Like, that's what I want. That That's what I need. And now I can just leave it up to you. Yeah, how would for I do how that? you might do that. Yeah, which gives me so many more options, right? Like I'm still working within the boundaries that a charm person has put on my character. Yep. 
but I can do it in so many more ways. Anyway, which is kind of like the next one, except this is a little bit, um, it's a different kind of boundary limitation, right? So you could also give the player a pick list. Yeah, so like if if you're thinking like in terms of like PBTA games, this is like this, you know, um, you know, something like on a six minus pick two. Yes. Right? So you, you don't have, like if you're not playing a PBTA game, like you can totally make a pick list of potential actions. Yeah. Um, and make them like, and make them high level and vague, like, interfere with another player's action um give the person who charmed you an object um Mm -hmm. walk away retreat whatever right so you could just say to the player like cool you're charmed on your turn pick one of these or as the gm i'm gonna pick one of these like or i'm gonna pick one you're gonna pick one whatever right like we have some like use some options to play with but what it does is if i let the player pick from the pick list i'm giving you the chance to Pick what your character would most likely do, right? Agency. And and I return some agency back to you, right? I've yeah. taken some agency because I'm like, you have to pick from this list. Right. But you're picking from the list, so we're sharing agency. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. The last one is not as good of an idea. No, it's not my but thing. I like things. But I like things in threes. Yeah, okay. So, well, the so last allow one... The last one is to make a random table, and I have some feels about this one. So I have some feels about this too, right? The random table is like kind of like the pick list, but what I might do is be like, cool, listen, I don't want to have to pick a thing, and maybe I'm not sure you're going to be objective enough to pick a thing, so what we're going to do is we're going to roll on this table. Like, either I roll or you roll, but maybe I, in terms of agency, I'm going to let you roll. Yep. You roll on the table, and we're just going to take this, like, we're just going to take whatever comes up. Yep. Right? Because because what it removes is it's like, I didn't tell you to run off the cliff, and you didn't weak sauce the suggestion that I had, right? We're just going to, like, like, this is, to me, this is a little more of an OSR kind of approach, which is like, hey, we're going to let the dice... So, determine what happens here. To me, what this is, is it's removing agency from the player, but it doesn't give it to anyone. It's just gone. It does, right? So, but I, 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 I it, right. And I, why I say it's a suboptimal solution is that the other two are sharing agency. Yeah, which I like this one. This one takes agency away from everyone. Yeah, this and and puts it in the fate of the dice. This is a this is a if if I'm not going to have agency, then no one is. So solution. the place where I would use this, right? The place where I would use this and it would work is if I was playing like my DCC game. Oh heck yeah, DCC like is the this, kind of place like this random that. table thing would totally work in my DCC. Yeah, because it's, it's everything is random tables. Well, and my players are used to like the fate of the dice. Yeah. Right? So like if I'm like, oh, this thing happened, you got to roll on this table, like they would look at me and be like, cool, give me the dice. Right. And just play through. Right? Right. But we have a very different mindset about how that game plays as opposed to something like my, um, like I would not do this random table thing for my Tales from the Loop game. Right. No. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I know. Right. And I, I would. It's like it's funny because my most recent run in with mind control abilities was a confusion spell in fifth edition. 
in which it was rolled on a random table every time. But like, even just from a player fun mechanic standpoint, I ended up sitting out of a combat for about 45 minutes doing literally nothing. Oh, we're going to get to that in just one second. Oh, did I jump ahead? No, no, you're okay. You're okay. But we're, we're totally going to address that problem in just a second because that is another problem. Uh, but let me let me jump real quick because I'm going to try to be mindful of the, of the time yep. from for editing purposes. So let's just talk about from a player perspective. What do you do if if you've consented to the game? Yeah, as a player, if you've consented to the game, you do have to try your best to play with the mechanics that the game provides, right? Like if you said yes and you're not revoking your consent because you always can, right? You know, consent is a thing that you can take away again. You don't sign a paper and then it's okay for forever and ever, right? You have yep. choices. <laughs> Not that I have some feels about this right now or anything. Cool. Anyway, um, if you get a pick list or you're asked for input, then you do want to do your best to make a good pick that is going to make the game more interesting, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't weak sauce this, right? Because no. this is why because this is why GMs will be like, no, no, I have to take have over because you're totally going to like you're going to totally weak sauce this. On yeah. Me, right. And players are like, I don't want you taking over because you're too heavy handed. Right. This is right. that contention. Okay. Right. So on the other side of this, as a GM, if you're the one who takes over all the agency, don't pick the worst thing possible. No. Right? <laughs> show show some restraint and you'll earn your players trust that you can use those effects for the better of the story and not screw anyone over, right? Like don't suddenly get agency and then be like stab yourself through the hand. Like, right, like, what? No, like, now they're they're going to fight you all the way. Yeah, you're just, get, right. So, like, make them hesitate. Make them drop their weapon. Make them, like, turn and face the wall or something. Like, it, it sucks, but, like, it's way more light-handed than, like, you stab yourself through the throat. I guess your character's dead. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right? no. And And I know before people start tweeting at us, like... I know games usually have this covered in the mechanics to protect you, but sometimes they don't. Sometimes um, they don't, and sometimes the GM doesn't decide to read the rules that way if we're going to talk enforce about them. contentious right. like this, right? Because yes. this is part of the reason it's problematic. Uh-huh. So, needless to say, mind-altering effects are like spices and doppelgangers. Mm-hmm. Like, a little goes a long way. Yeah. Players do not like their agency messed with over and over, so... Do do like you can get away like you can do this with a single encounter in a whole story and uh, that'll be good enough, right? Uh-huh. If you have like room after room of mind altering effects, Ugh. like your players, your players will rage quit your game. Yes. Yep. Okay. And then the other part is if you do alter their mind, if you can make the effect short, right? Because otherwise you have a player like me with reduced or no agency who's just sitting there waiting so that they can do something again. Because they right. can't so, do anything with their character. Right. So for instance, this is a thing I don't like, right? So if you're gonna if you're gonna put if you're gonna push this onto a saving throw. Yeah. Or some other check, right? Like, yep. oh, you can get out of this effect. You can get out of this effect with a successful saving throw. Yeah. And the player has a bad day rolling, like you've screwed them and uh, you've yep. absolved yourself because you're like, well, it says you have to make the roll. Uh-huh. So the better mechanic for this is for the first like four turns. Like make your standard roll. If you break it, you break it. If not, every sub uh, every subsequent turn, you get a plus one until you, the you know till you get out of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or the effect wears off, or something, or the encounter ends. Like do you like? There's ways to make that go faster, right? The the point is, 
once you have control of a uh, once you have reduced or removed the agency of a player they are effectively not really in the game yeah and it sucks and the and the longer they're not in the game the more detached they're going to become from this session and and possibly worst case future sessions so use this power because it's scary and it ratchets up tension but like transition out of it quickly because otherwise you just got somebody sitting at a table for 45 minutes while everybody like, else does cool things. Yeah, it sucks. It literally is this it's one like it is like one of the three suckiest things that can happen in a game. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. With with that, yes. I am going to suggest that we move to the ending of the show uh, and in order to get there uh, you're going to tell us about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network. Yep. She's a Super Geek is an Emmy-nominated actual play RPG podcast highlighting women as GMs. Join me and Andy every other Tuesday for lots of different RPGs and guests. And oh, man, I'm so excited to record our next game. Passion. Passion de la passiones. <sighs> yes. All right. Say Senda. Where can people reach us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums, or you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? Just like GM Gerrymander did in our forums, please leave us a topic to discuss. We do this show primarily based on topics that you want to hear about. Uh, we try not to come up with our own topics too often. So give us a topic. Let us run with it. We'll do our best to answer it and entertain you at the same time. If you like what we do here on Pandas Talking Games or elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, consider supporting our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons get all sorts of goodies. Uh, they get access to the robust bonus outtakes from this show, this episode. We're robust. almost at an hour. Keep going. <laughs> um, you get access to the Misdirected Mark After Show, which was also super long this week. I was very chatty. Can't blame that one on TikTok. No, you get access to um, the Slack room. You can come join us on our Minecraft server. We give out the occasional goodies when we publish something, and there really is a couple things that we're like on the verge of putting out, so some our patrons are going to get some goodies coming down the line. We also like to do some shout-outs to our patrons. I'm going to do them really quick. Andrew Dacey, the Warden of Whiskey. Thanks, Andrew. Um, thank you very much. Will Doyle. Thanks, Will. And M.T. Black. Thanks, M.T. Listen, there's another thing you can do that is part of our 2020 marketing strategy for this year, a little uh, marketing campaign that I call, If You Listen to Us, You Will Love Us. And that is, we need your help to get other people to listen to us. Now, we do, you can just go and tell your friends and family to go listen to us, and we would appreciate that greatly. But there's another thing you can do that helps strangers, people you don't even know, find us. Uh, and it involves uh, stars. And it involves a little something called Apple Podcasts, right? Yes. So you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review we get really does actually help new people find the show. And if you leave it somewhere that's not the U.S. Apple Podcast store, you should tell us about it so that we see it because we really like seeing them. And there are so many places, you guys. I can't even handle it. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much to everyone who has already left us a review. They really do actually help and make us feel special. Yeah, thank you very much, everyone. We really appreciate it. Say, Senda, show me how you're going to handle mind control in your next game. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Show me what you got.
So, um, talking about kids, um, mm-hmm. I um, I downloaded the TikTok. Uh, oh, you actually downloaded the app? Uh, yeah. Well, here's so here's the deal. My um, so my son's getting a new um, my son's getting a new phone uh, this week, uh-huh. and he was like, "Hey, you know, I've asked about this before, but I would like to get TikTok because like everybody has it at school, and like I don't." And now, just because everybody at school uh, gets to do a thing is no um, <laughs> it's no reason to to fall in for this stuff. But no. I was like, cool, I'm going to go check out, like, I'm going to go check out TikTok. So, like, what is it like? Yeah. Right. So immediately my mom sends me this, like, message, right? Like, she, like, she got, like, I told her about this, like, a couple weeks ago or something. And she immediately, like, five minutes later sends me this, like, this, like, link to this, quote, article about, like, <sighs> you know, like, TikTok is a ground, you know, it's like ground for pedophiles and predators and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, whoa, like. So the internet. <laughs> right. So, yes, exactly. I'm like, I'm like, so, yes, it's the internet. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and he already has, a, you know, like he already has an Instagram account. So it's not like he's not already out there. Right. So. Right. He can already post videos even. Yeah. Like- so I'm like, I'm like, so I read this article. And then I read the sources of the article and I'm like, this thing is like really like it's it's not that the the few facts they have in, the, in there aren't true about like some issues that TikTok's been working on about um, tightening up their privacy controls and things like that. But like the article is just badly written, right? Like it's just like if you Fear load if you load this thing on your your, your kid's phone, like they're going to get kidnapped and like sold into, you know, like child slavery rings and stuff. And I was like, "Whoa." Whoa. Like first of all, I'm okay. not putting I'm not putting on a 9-year-old's phone, right? Like no. I'm putting on a 15-year-old's phone. Like I assume he knows that if like somebody's like, "Hey dude, what do you do? What's your like, address? Right, yeah, like he's like, not gonna. Right. I'm gonna come pick you up in a white van. Do you like candy? Yeah, like now, I'm not trivial. I'm not trivializing any of this, right? But like the article I read was like clearly sensationalized, right? So I was like, okay. I read a bunch more articles. Like I just, you know, I did my parent due diligence, right? So I, I did some googling. I read a bunch of articles, um, kind of. Um, combined what they were saying till I figured it out. And I was like, all right, look, there's only one way to solve. Like, there's only one way to truly know what's going on here. Download TikTok. You, you da- did you, you downloaded it. Did you also join it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm at <laughs> Phil Vecchione uh, on TikTok. I'm, I'm not DNA Phil. Well, I just linked it to my, um, I linked it I'm like shocked. through Google and it just, it picked my name for me. I'm so, shocked. You know, whatever. Um, <laughs> so I like so I was like cool I'm just gonna start watching these right <laughs> so I like watched like 40 minutes of TikToks right oh boy they're kind of yeah. I mean listen they're kind of fun there's they're a bunch fun. of fun ones there's lip sync so I may mess with this and try some like TikTok GMing advice ooh like, I like it. I may do like one. Am minute. I going to have to join TikTok now? I don't know. Then yet. I would have direct access to my butthole, my butt, You're, my butthole. There's a my video. Hole. There'll be a link in the show notes. I blew up my butthole. It's it's Senda's favorite TikTok video ever. Uh, my favorite ones. My favorite ones are the um, uh, that Chinese fashion designer and her assistant. 
Oh, those are amazing. Yeah. Like it's those not are her assistant, it's her sister. Yes. But they're like so stylized. I love them. Like I wish it weren't her sister because I really wanted them to be a Your couple. head cannon's a little different on that one. <laughs> My head cannon is completely different, but it's okay that they're like really adorable sisters, but right. they would also be really adorable lovers. Anyway. Yes. Um, um moving right along. All right. So anyway, the TikTok is now my new thing. I do want to ask you, um, because we're recording later in the week, yeah. um, what have you eaten uh, today? <laughs> today, I had a piece of toast, uh-huh. one and a half bananas, yes, and four pieces of bacon. <laughs> yeah. uh, to be clear, um, the bee in brat... Is it's banana, not, for, not, not bacon. bacon. <laughs> I, I ate the bananas first. I, I covered all my bees. See, I had bread, bananas, and bacon. So here's the thing. It's a Wednesday and we're recording because we didn't record on Monday because, oh, dying. because as you coined it last week, <laughs> um, the buggies in your tum-tums. In my <laughs> It was not good. They attempted to get out. Is oh, boy. What the A lot of them succeeded. Yes. None of us enjoyed the experience. <laughs> we need to start the show because it's 12 Yeah, minutes. we do. I'm super sad already. We've done it to ourselves again. We right. haven't done it to ourselves. We've done it to me. Why yeah. am I saying ourselves? Give me one you, second. I just need to... You don't to, have to edit this. I need to just... Uh, I need to fix my adjustable desk. <laughs> Yeah, that seems about right. <laughs> that is some dumb humor that none of you can see, but I'm making fun of Sunda's uh, oh, so standing amazing. desk by just lifting my laptop and making, I know. And making mechanical making noises. noises. Yes. All right. Which is hilarious because earlier you're just like, you're just like, oh, I, I got a standing desk too. And I was like, what, really? And you're just like, yeah, look. <laughs> like what? <laughs> That's some dumb humor. I told you I watched like I watched like forty minutes of TikTok videos. Like, my butt, my butthole, my butt. Uh, I can't wait till Rob snatches up that piece of audio and turns it into something. <laughs> are you ready to? Good, good are you, heavens! Are you ready to do this episode? Yeah. All right. Um, are you ready to make the um, special animal noise? <laughs> Are, are you saying it like that because maybe we're going to do a different one this week? Uh, nope, nope. We only do one. But we did a seal last week just to, uh, 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 you know, it was. <laughs> you missed we the were... flipper hands in the video. I, just, I was the just flipper talking hands about really, the seal. The flipper hands really they sold sell it. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, okay. let's come on. We got to do this. You're going to be, you're going to be crying real anime tears. <laughs> real anime tears. <laughs> Because I'm a real anime girl. Bloop. And I'm a Barbie girl in... Uh, okay. Come on, Barbie. Let's go, Barbie. <laughs> I did the meow. You... I know, but it's like but it's like shaving a haircut. Like You can't start singing that song and like not finish it. I'm still singing it in my head right now. I mean, me too, because I had to listen to it over and over again just a couple of years ago, so I know it like shockingly well again now, considering how old it is, because I did a cover of it for the, I don't know, one of the anniversary episodes of Sass Geek 100. Yes, I remember. 
Bloop. Okay. Oh, boy. All right, you want to try this again? Because it's now like 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Meow. Bloop. Oh, God. Bloop. And welcome to Pandas Talking Games. I'm your host who can do the intro in one take. And your name is... Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. I was so proud of myself. I came up with that part. I forgot I to do the other you part. super proud of yourself, which is why it's really funny <laughs> that you totally flopped it. Damn it. Right. <laughs> well, I'm not, using, I'm not using that line again. I feel like we should start opening that up in the forums. Like, <laughs> like, am I the asshole GMing stories? Oh, man. That would be awesome. Okay. okay. Not our, because our <laughs> listeners wouldn't have an am I the asshole story, but I'm sure they could tell us horror stories. Right, right. We want to hear, were they the asshole yeah. stories? Yeah. Yeah. Like, was yeah. this GM that I played with an asshole? Because we, if you're listening to us, um, we're pretty sure you're cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Carry All on. Right. Show me, Show me what, what you, you got. got. Holy shit, Show an hour. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. Show me what you got. Uh, we uh, were going to make this one short because we're recording two days later. Do you remember that listen. part? Do you remember the part where you couldn't get through the opening you of the show? You knew laugh? that was going to happen and you let me talk uh, right. for 15 let me be minutes clear. before then. <laughs> let me be clear. I knew you were going to trip up on the opening of the show. I didn't expect it to be an utter and complete collapse. Really? I feel like you should have predicted that. I feel like <laughs> I thought, I'll be honest, I thought we'd, it was going to be one or two takes. More professional? I, I, professional? I, we're I, still I, talking and we're at 59 minutes and 40 seconds. Well, we got Please, go. God. We got to go. Get now. us out. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. And hang on, wait for it. And.